Welcome, friends anew, friends of old, to this week's edition of the Sports Connections Sports and Shenanigans Podcast. This is episode two. Here with me, my co-host, a gentleman, a scholar, a true dirty, rotten scoundrel, Bill Burr. How the fuck you doing today? Hey, I'm just peachy. How are you? Fantastic. Well, working on it after that pitiful Eagles loss to the now first place Washington football team in the NFC East. Yeah, them no names uh, showed up apparently. Oh my god, man! My didn't show up. One or the other. My god, I don't know what was worse, Bill Burr, watching that second half or going through the entire quarantine of this pandemic without sports. Uh, listen, my uh, my tires got stabbed on all four tires got stabbed on my car, and uh, I was watching the first half, and uh, I'm pretty sure my tires outdid the Eagles on the. My God, yeah, I think I think that's a safe bet, bud. Sorry yeah. to hear about the luck, the bad luck. Yeah, um, the Eagles did me more dirty, so it's all good. That they did, that they did. So, listeners, today we're uh, going to be getting into, of course, leading off with my favorite segment by Bill Bird, this day in sports. Then we're going to be getting into the NHL and NBA playoffs. Big, big, big night in sports last night. It was busy. Hope you had a few TVs ready. And of course, uh, this week's edition of NFL Banter for Week One, including some key injuries, fantasy stardom, sit em, and the vets debuts. Um, so, Bill Burr, let's let's lead off. All right. Uh, well, we're gonna go with a little baseball, just because uh, right now everyone's tuned into NHL and football right now. Even basketball is even going. So, we're gonna go a little bit of baseball. Uh, this day in 1928. The Cardinals beat the Phillies 23-3 to to set the record as the most runs scored at that time era. And, as a little added bonus, we're going to even do yesterday. They played the Phillies again. The Cardinals beat the Phillies 8-3, and they set the record for the most men left on base in scoring position at 18 men left on base in scoring position and somehow still managed to win the game. Eight to three with eighteen men left on base. <laughs> My God. My God. Yeah, that's that was a, a good outrageous, one. Uh little outrageous, but yeah, that yeah, my Phillies seem to just choke at every point in error in baseball history, to be honest. Oh, dude, I you know, I thought the twenty twenty Yankees were pretty bad this year, man. That fifteen out of twenty taking all those L's, but we're back in action now. Got Aaron Judge back, and of course, ladies and gentlemen, take a deep breath. Our Lord and Savior, Giancarlo Stanton, number twenty seven, is gonna be back in left field. Yeah. Thank God. Yeah. Carlos can uh he needs to go back to the DL for my Phillies to have even stand a chance. My God. <laughs> You know, man, I'm just, uh, I've been so over him the last couple of years, that contract. He's actually, uh, I'm pretty sure, the seventh paid highest player in all of sports after that Garrett Cole signing this year. Speaking of uh, having problems, Mr. Home Runs. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense. Uh, Being one of the highest paid players, definitely top 10 for sure. Of course. uh, Yeah, uh, that contract blew me when he signed it, but... Typical Yankee bullshit, my friend. That's exactly what it is. Yep. $167 million over the salary cap, and you lose 15 out of 20 games. But we're on the bounce back. Speaking of bouncing back, we're going to jump right into these NHL playoffs, and we'll start with the Dallas Stars. 
securing their spot in the Stanley Cup Finals in five games after that overtime thriller. Yeah, I mean, what can you say? I mean, they, they, like I said on the last one, they've been the most consistent team in the playoffs. Uh, not so much in the bubble, but actually when it started the playoffs, they've definitely been the most consistent team from the goalie down to line four. I mean, even the coaching, they they just showed up. It's it's they look like they have have and are the best team so far. I mean, you can't keep up with them. Their their four checkings completely in place. Their coaching is getting the line changes on at the perfect timing. Their goaltending has showed up when they needed to. And they're just they're just killing it right now. You you can't argue it. They're just absolutely killing it right now. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So I mean when we're sitting there, you see Theodore open up the scoring in the first period. You're thinking, you know, this is Mr. Vegas Golden Knight himself. He's been clutch for them all throughout the playoffs, even into the regular season this year. Uh, then Hudobin comes up clutch in the second. Uh, Dallas gets five shots on goal in the second period. So it had to have Stars fans worried a little bit there. Oh, yeah. I mean, you get five shots on goal in an entire period. you you got to sit on the edge of your seat at that point. Yeah. Absolutely have to sit on the edge of your seat. I mean, it. I see, you know, my team's the Flyers. I see the Flyers get five shots on goal when I'm ready to throw anything through my TV. It's, <laughs> it is what it is, but their goaltending, like I said, has been probably the best goaltending in the playoffs so far, and he came up big again. He just absolutely clutched. That he did. That he did. And then, uh, so then Riley Smith puts Vegas up 2 nothing in the third. They're looking pretty solid. And then Dallas explodes in the second half of the third period. Jamie Benn, Yoel uh, Kiviranta, just uh, the power play goal to tie it with 347 left in the OT goal. Stars advance, man. Heading to the cup, looking hot. Uh, Yeah, I'm not a Stars fan, but I'm going to be honest with you. I was a huge Mike Madonna fan back in the day. And... The stars haven't looked the same without them. That's the truth. Years upon years, and that, they they just absolutely right now they're just crushing it. Like they they're hitting their stride and they're hitting it at the absolute right time. Jamie Ben, I'm on record as saying Jamie Ben is a top five captain in his league, and he doesn't show up for games upon games, but he does all the dirty work and he does all the small things perfectly. That he does. That he does. He's just an absolute stud as a captain, and he's still young. He's got years left, years upon years left, and he absolutely is going to run this league once Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin retire. I think he's going to be the best captain in the league for years. He's just an absolute stud. There you go. How long have Ovechkin and uh, Crosby been in? I believe it was 2004. They got drafted the same year. I believe it was. Yeah, they're way over the decade. Yeah, 16, mark. 16 years. Yeah, they, oh 2004 God. or 2005. It was one of them years. But yeah, they're well over a decade and they don't got much time left. They really don't. Oh, Alexander Ovechkin, you saw coming out with the four year contract. I have a feeling uh, it's not going to go that far, but he definitely deserves it. I mean, he's making some money per year. So. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, I on the sports page, I commented on there saying they're going to let Brayton Holby go before they let Ovechkin go. And that's yep. what happened. They're letting Brayton Holby go in a test free agency. And I think Holby's a good goaltender. He used to be great, you know, four or five years ago. He was yep. absolutely fantastic. He's at the tail end of his career. 
I think he's still got, you know, probably about five or six years left as a good goaltender. I don't think he's going to be great. I don't think he's going to be spectacular. But you got it with what Ovechkin did for that franchise, just bringing them completely out of the dumps. You gotta you gotta sign Ovechkin over Hopi. Oh, absolutely! What he's done for that franchise, absolutely but, without question. Yeah, I, I for the two of them, I give them. I don't see them having four years. I see them having two to maybe three, and I don't see them ever either of them being Yager and playing well into their forties and still producing. Yeah, you exactly. Can see both of them, they're starting to tail end, and they've been tail ending for the last couple of years now, but. They still put the numbers up. Yeah, I mean, you can't yeah. argue it. They still put the numbers up, but yep. you got to give it. You got to give the nod if you're going to sign either one of them. You got to give the nod to Ovi over Hopi. Yeah, exactly. Well, what I noticed with uh, Ovechkin this year, he just the frustration in these playoffs, man. I mean, he getting getting off the same shots that he was in every other game, pretty much, but just not connecting right. I mean, he's a little bit late. Uh, I don't know if it had anything to do with the pandemic and the break real quick, getting right back into playoff hockey, but uh, slipping, slipping a little yeah, bit. So I mean, yeah, we'll see what happens next season It's the same in five thing. weeks. It's the same thing that Washington just has done his entire career. They put two or three decent players around him, and they have complete garbage besides that. And they exactly. try and make it work because you have, in my opinion, OV was the best player in the game for years upon years. And I think that he breaks Gretzky's record for most goals ever if he continues to play the next two or three seasons. I yeah. am on record as saying I believe he will break that record. Yeah, he's and, certainly on pace, yeah, man. Oh, it's not oh, yeah. I mean, as of right now, I think it was um, he only needs like 22 goals a season if he finishes that four years out. And he's still he's still going 30s and 40 goals a season even yep. right now in his tail yep. end of his career. So I can completely see he's going to break Wayne Gretzky's record in doing that. But it's the same thing with Washington. They put two or three eh players around him that can feed him the goal. Backstrom is an animal. He's been an animal at feeding him the puck for years upon years. Yes, he is. But you got to put a championship caliber team around him, especially at this stage in his career. It just is what it is. Like, that's the game. You can't expect to win with just one superstar and two and players around him. You got to put a team around him that can produce one through four, speaking of lines, and still have the goaltending to do so. And they Truth. had to coach him for years. Now, not so much. I mean, they just hired Peter Peter Laviolette, Laviolette. Year, or today, and that's going to be a great addition for them. I think Laviolette was let go way too early in Philadelphia. He is a great yes, coach, was. and he's a, he is now a Stanley Cup winning coach. Yes, he on is. a different team, and I think that's an absolute great addition for them. And I Absolutely. think that they will be another contender next year and probably will win one or two seed next year again. But if you do not put the talent around him, they're not. They're going to do what they do every year. They're going to be a one or two seed, and they're going to flounder out because they're too tired. You just got way too many veterans that are way too tired at the end of the year. They need to start building from the ground up. They That's the truth. Too much That's on the truth. Ovechkin and Backstrom and Oshie to try and get them there. You need to start building from the ground up if you're them because they don't have many years left. Really don't. So moving on to the other side of the Metropolitan Division, the Islanders are forcing another game six. Um, you know, 
Ah, Tampa, Tampa was rolling, Bill Burr. I mean, are we are we starting to see the slip? They had a very, very, very convincing win. Uh, four unanswered goals in Game Five, or uh, excuse me, Game Four. Brock Nelson opens up the scoring, and they just the Islanders fall off. You know what I mean? It's a four-one win. The Lightning score, like I said, four unanswered. Uh, Yanni Gord just absolutely playing out of his mind. Uh, I saw that pass that was from all the way behind the goal line. One deke in the netter, man. That, that shit was absolutely, absolutely sick. Andre Palat stays hot. And Brandon Point, I mean, he's just making a serious case for playoffs MVP. Yeah, I, absolutely. I He has my playoff MVP so far. It's between him and Jamie Benn for me. I don't Sir. think you can argue either one. It, one way or the other. If either of them win, I can't argue it. But uh, no, the Islanders are done. and They're they're done. I said that they would probably force a game six, but you look at Lee, you look at Eberle, you look at uh, anybody on that Islanders team, in all honesty, besides Brazil, they're tired. They are just flat out tired. You can see them. They're, they're pushing, uh, instead of 40-second shifts, they're pushing... 25 to 30 second shifts and they they're are. gassed at that. Ah, however, they have the goaltending. I know you saw, I know you saw the dive head first, the little swan dive yeah, last night from Bowley. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I see it, but goaltending is only going to get you so far. You got to have the defense. You got to have the four check and you got to be able to play down in the offensive zone. That's the Tampa truth. has a hundred percent crushed the offensive zone play in this series. After that series with Philadelphia, I think that the Islanders just came out completely flat, completely tired. Besides Matthew Brazil, they're in the same situation as the Capitals. Yep. They built a team around Matthew Brazil, and they built a bunch of veterans around Matthew Brazil. And I just think that they're just completely exhausted at this point. Absolutely. Flyers, and uh, to your point, to your point, I mean, uh, they had. What was it? Let me look up some exact numbers here. So I'm not lying to you. 13 extra shots on goal last night than the Islanders. Eventually, Bill Burr, these shots are going to start going in past right, goal. Absolutely. And that's that's what my whole thing is, is the Islanders had a much better chance. And I'm on record of saying that to a beating the Flyers because they matched up very well against the Flyers. And it was only the second round. The Flyers had a much better chance of beating Tampa only because they had the youth infusion in their lineup as opposed to the Islanders. The Islanders are a veteran team. Letty, Eberlay, all their scoring comes from veteran presence, except for Matthew Brazil. Matthew Brazil is a phenomenal player. In my eyes, a top Absolutely. 10 to top 5 player in this league. He I'll be beautiful to get a guy player. like him. But now Absolutely going to be beautiful. They are at the point now, they're just exhausted. You can see it in their play. They, they're not forechecking like they did, get, did against the Flyers. They can't get sustained offensive pressure like they did against the Flyers. I mean, you saw it game one. Tampa, what was that final score? Eight to two, eight to three, something like that. Yeah, Tampa oh yeah, they absolutely romped. absolutely crushed them in the yep. offensive zone time. They crushed them in the neutral zone. I mean, they had like, I think it was 11, 11 or 12 turnovers in the offensive, or not the offensive zone, the neutral zone. You can't expect to win a series just just off goaltending. You're not going to do it. You can steal a game off them, but you're not going to win an entire series just off goaltending in that situation, especially against a team as in Tampa that's just faster than you. They're more 
physical than you. They're more dominant than you. They have better coaching than you. On top of it, Tampa has been in this situation the last probably four or five years now where they fell short. Their yeah, they are is showing up now, and yeah, it, it is. is what it Look, is. Look, it's like, scary. Yeah, it's just it's it's over. That that series is done with. They, in my opinion, they never had a chance in this series. The Flyers matched up much better against Tampa, but you know the Islanders. Hey, they pulled that out, and I can't argue with that. They they were the better team in that series. I'm not going to argue that, but the Islanders, in my opinion, had zero chance in this series. There you go from Bill Burr. No game seven. The uh, Lightning will be facing the Dallas Stars in the Stanley Cup. So with that, we'll move on to the NBA. Um, Let's just go right into the L.A. Clippers choke job. Uh, Joker with a triple-double last night, 16-22 and 13 assists. But the real story, Bill Burr, for basically this entire series, besides uh, the one game that Joker put up, uh, 36, something like that, has been Jamal Murray. Uh, I mean, he's got another 40-point game last night. He shot uh, 57% from you know his field goal percentages and added on 6-13 with the free throws. So it's, you know, it's, um, he, the kid's killing it. He's playing well. I, yeah, I, I got no arguments with that. that. He's absolutely on point. He's focused in. He's dialed in. He's believing what his coaches is telling him. I, I mean, the, the dude's absolutely murdering it right now, and he believes – he 100% believes after that press conference last night, I watched him in that press conference, he 100% believes he's going to win a championship this year. And at this point, I can't argue it. I mean, he's got the team around them. They got decent shooting off the bench. Him and Joker, if they are going to play well together, they there's no, well, there is a better duo, but there's no duo that can outdo them together in the That's league. That's the truth. That, I mean, they're absolutely killing it. I mean, Murray... He dialed in last night. I'm, the, he wasn't going to let Kawhi take him out. He wasn't going to let PG take him out. He wasn't going to let Paul or Patrick Beverly take him out. There was nothing that they could do to stop him last night. I, he had, what, uh, 13 points, four assists, and two rebounds in the first quarter last night? I mean, he, yeah. was just, he was just killing it. I mean, that man, and I'm on record as saying, and this is an opposite of, of my record, I'm on record as saying is I don't believe he's a star in this league. I don't believe he's an all-star in this league. I believe he got voted in just because there was no one left to vote in in the last two all-star games. And he 100% proved me wrong last night. He he is 100% a star in this league, and he 100% proved that last night. Daddy did. I mean, you got Paul George and Kawhi Leonard combining for 24 points. They got to just honestly get it done, man. I mean, it's, you know, I watched a little bit more towards the ass end of the game. Uh, Harold put up 20. He was a leading scorer and it's the, the nuggets just flew. I mean, uh, when I checked in, I believe it was the third Clippers up seven and the game was completely taken over. Yeah. They, I mean, Kawhi, Kawhi Leonard had zero points in the fourth quarter. That's, you can't have that from your superstar on the team. You just can't terrible. have that. He should have Absolutely taken terrible. that game over and he did not. Paul George, I think only had three in the fourth quarter. It, he, they, you can't have that sweet Lou off the bench. Oof. Didn't show up. Not Patrick at all. Beverly showed up defensively. He did not show up offensively. Harold Harold had a good game. I mean, I watched the whole game. He had a very good game offensively and defensively. Yes, he did. Very good game. But 
if Harrell is going to be your top defensive player and your top offensive player, you're in trouble. Point blank, you're in trouble. That's the truth. Uh, so uh, there it is. I mean, clips out. Uh, the NBA drawn beautiful lines in the sand. Lakers, Clippers, Western Conference Final not happening. Yeah, and I mean, podcast number one, I said it was going to be Lakers, Clippers, and I had the Clippers moving on to the finals. So here I am with a thumb up my ass. I'm, I'm wrong. Hey, hey, you know what? We can't be right all the time. Yeah. And speaking of not being right all the time on that last podcast, I actually called the Celtics taking game one, which did not happen last night after that forced OT by none other than Jimmy Butler. Well, hey, listen, I uh, I called the Celtics losing. And uh, here we are. I mean, I, I called the Celtics losing before they even... Or, um, I'm sorry, the heat losing. So here we are. And, uh, yeah, I mean, another thumb up my ass. I, Jimmy Butler was tremendous last night. Just absolutely tremendous. Definitely was. I, 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 I'm a little upset that the, my Sixers let him go. He just absolutely put on a clinic last night. He offensively and defensively, he shut Tatum down for most of the game. Just, they, just a clinic. Point point. That he did. That he did, man. And, uh, of course, the big block on Jason Tatum at the end of that overtime, that was uh, brutal to watch. Uh, excuse me, a little stat correction there. Tatum hit that free throw to bring him into OT. But that block on Tatum, man, I mean, is that going to bust the young boy's confidence going into game two? It's a very big question. I, I, it very well may. I mean, it's a rookie that did it on him. It, it very well may. I, that, was, that was a tough block. And... Uh, that could very well break his confidence. He's been playing out of his mind the entire playoffs, the entire bubble series, really. I mean, even before the playoffs, he's been just absolutely playing out of his mind. Him and Jalen Brown, just out of their minds. Uh, that could absolutely be a confidence breaker, and 100%. I mean, you had Bam come up and block that thing, and that's 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 rough. That's definitely rough. Damn it. And, you know, they got Kemba Walker, too. He had a little bit of a uh, slow night last night, only putting up 19. But, you know, I, I think the think the Heat are going to, you know, I think they're going to remain dominant in this series. Uh, you got a lot of experience over there. Jimmy Butler spending 43 minutes on the court last night. That was a team high. Uh, so uh, we'll see what happens game two. Yeah, as far as Kemba goes, I, I'm still on the thing of uh, where is he at? I He's shown up a game here and there, but in my opinion, he should, uh, he should be ruining this. He should absolutely be ruining this playoffs, and Brown and Tatum have showed up 10 times more than him. I, I don't understand where he's been on a consistent basis. He just he really hasn't shown up at all in, in my eyes. Brown and Tatum has been the go-to guys, and that block really could have killed Tatum's confidence, so... If they're going to have any chance of this series, because you know Butler's got ice in his veins, that's been proven from the game. So if they're going to have any chance in this series, Kemba 100% needs to show up the next game for them to tie this up. Because if they go down 2 0, I'm going to be honest with you, if they go down 2 0, I see the Heat in five. Uh, I, absolutely, man. I mean, once Jimmy Butler goes, he's going to go. That My man wants a final. He deserves a final. So, uh, speaking of, 
Uh, LeBron, we'll just touch on this real quick. LeBron, the Lakers uh, close it out to move to the Western Conference Final. LeBron with the early control in the game. 29-11-70 finished with. Lakers go on a 23-7 run in the first quarter. Uh, Kyle Kuzma with 17 points in 27 minutes, 50% from three. Uh, so the Lakers move on. First Western Conference Finals since 2010. Yeah, I mean, what can you say? I mean, everyone gave LeBron the, the horse shit about he can't do it in the Western Conference. This was his <laughs> first healthy year. He's the number one seed. Everyone thought, well, let me rephrase. Everyone should have thought that he was going to go to the championship in his first healthy year. Now everyone's giving him crap because they got AD. And I mean, the guy's the best player in the world. And I don't care what anybody says. The, the guy is still the best player in the world. Absolutely. I mean, it's hard to uh, it's hard to disagree with you. Houston falls asleep on defense in this game, Burr. I mean, you got uh, you got Westbrook only putting up ten points in thirty five minutes and fifty four seconds. Absolutely terrible. Harden drops thirty and shoots twenty five percent from three. You're just not gonna win games like that. Right. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. Houston falls asleep defensively in every game. They never had a chance in this. They're trying to play their small ball. That was never going to work. They made it out of round one, barely. Yep. And that should, they shouldn't even made it out of that because if they, if they had played like they did in game six and the series was three, two in the opposite direction, they would have lost that game and they would have lost it by 40 instead of, you know, 12 or whatever it was. I mean, their small ball theory was never going to be a thing in this league. You look at AD, you look at Joker, you look at Embiid, you you can't put. I mean, they were Westbrook at center at one point in time earlier in the season. That that was never going to work. I mean, Embiid, you put Embiid on Westbrook, he's going to put seventy points up on you. Absolutely. You put Joker on him. You put AD on him. You put. I mean, even if you put Stephen Adams on him from OKC, he's going. They're going to put fifty to seventy points on you automatically. That was a joke from the beginning, and I thought, it, to be honest, I thought it was actually a joke that they were going to do for about a week. And get out of it, and they never did. That that thing was nonsense. They, you can't. They say that the whole thing is you live and die by the three point, and that's what happened. Yeah, that was that was a joke from the beginning. That should have never. Really was. LeBron killed him. Kuzma had a great game. AD, not so much offensively, but defensively, and the small stuff, rebounds, offensively and defensively, just crushed him. Houston in that series, in my opinion, just never had a shot. Even saying that, I mean, they only won they won in five games, so it looks like they never had a shot. But even going into the series beforehand, with that small ball effort, they never had a chance in that series. Even their their bench was deeper, and their coaching is better, and their their small ball theory just never had a chance in the in an actual playoff game. And that was proven in round one when they were up 3-1 and came back and it was a game seven series. That should have stopped that nonsense right there. Absolutely should have, man. So, I mean, we're pretty much all set. Thursday, we got game two, Miami and Boston. And Friday night, the Denver Nuggets face the LA Lakers. So, So, ladies and gentlemen, the moment you have been waiting for. Week one's NFL banter. A horrific week for the Philadelphia Eagles, as we've already touched on this week. 
Uh, Carson went sacked six times. O-line's dead. Miles Sanders was out. Lane Johnson was out. Both to come back this week against the LA Rams on Sunday, one o'clock game. We'll see how they bounce back. I mean, uh, you got Zach Ertz crying a river for a contract and drops a fourth down ball with a game on the fucking line, Burr. And I, I just lost it. I absolutely lost my shit. I was almost full tilt into trade Ertz on Sunday. Uh, I'm going to be honest. I've been full tilt on that for the last two years. Um, I think you go with the value at this point. Uh, Ertz has massive value within the league. I think you can get a first and a player back for him. So do I. And I'm going to be honest, Goddard outshined Ertz this week. Just absolutely outshined him. And that he did. Every game that Goddard is over 10 snaps, I think he outshined him. And every game Goddard has over 10 snaps. He's a better pass blocker, and he can catch the ball just as well at Ertz. And he can break tackles where Ertz cannot. He's going to go down first hit no matter what. I, I think, in my opinion, I think Goddard's your better opinion, better option. And you get a lot more value back for Ertz at this point in time. That's true. And not to touch too much on the birds, but you get two Philly guys talking in a podcast, Sports Connection. You're going to hear us bish. I know you all been waiting for it, trying to hear us cry. Well, guess what? It's only week one. We'll see if they bounce back against the Rams this week. But you got big old Aaron Donald coming through the center of that line. So we'll see what happens. Speaking of injuries, uh, some key. Key, key, key injuries this week. And fantasy owners definitely getting hit. Marlon Mack Achilles out for the season. Cowboys lost both Blake Jarwin from a torn ACL. So he's gone. My tight end two on the bench. Thank you very much. Uh, Leighton Vander Esch with a broken collarbone. He's out six to eight weeks. Uh, this this one kind of slipped a little bit here. Uh, Drew Tranquil, the LA Chargers linebacker, linebacker, he's got an ankle break. He's most likely going to be out for the rest of the season. Lane Taylor, a big blow to the Packers O-line. Uh, we were waiting on the MRI yesterday. I didn't exactly catch up with all that, but they're thinking it's an ACL burr, and that's going to be a season-ending injury. So we got a lot of people coming in Aaron Rodgers this year from that side. Yeah, I saw Taylor. They they're saying as of right now, six to eight weeks, but more than likely he's at, he's done for the year. I'm thinking the same uh, thing to be Blake, honest. Blake Jarwin. It's good. It's miserable week one for shit like uh, that. Yeah, the, absolutely. One. Like I I feel so bad for the player. Then like you know week ten guy gets hurt. It's like okay, like yeah, it sucks. But right, that's the we, whole thing. Especially if you're chasing a contract. Week week one we expected a lot of this just because the the COVID. You know you got. The fake mini camps, basically, you got the yep. fake yeah. OTA. I remember all that there was stuff. some question: Were they even make having contact? Were they even having contact practice? Yeah, it was like the, the, you're not. the last week and a half they started doing contact, but a week and a half as opposed to seven weeks, yeah, you're you're done. There's that no, contact's nothing, though, man. That's nothing compared to regular game speed. Oh, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, our producer Matt Machen on the microphone coming out of nowhere. Sorry, I didn't get to introduce you, bud, but. How, hey, how are you? How about those New York Giants on Monday night? Dude, when you got the best player on your team running for fucking six yards, how do you expect to win? And that that end zone interception, that was the game. I don't know if you got to watch watch yeah, it with Danny Dimes. Yep, that was rough. That was. I watched that, and I, I, I you know, they and then they didn't go for two. Well, they didn't get the two point conversion at the end, so I, I stopped watching about three minutes. I'll tell you what, though, Darius Slayton looks like a real number one in this league. 
That he does. That he does. I'll yeah, be starting on my good. fantasy team this year with Michael Thomas out for at least four weeks. Sounds like three to four. Who knows, man? But that yeah. high angle sprain is going to be a yeah. bitch for him. Yeah. Giants, again, with a shitty O-line. And the last three years, they have the worst record. They have the worst <laughs> record team in the last three years. Oof. Yeah, going to at the harvest point, uh, Michael Thomas, they already came out and said five to eight. So that's 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 a disappointment but i will say this as far as fantasy goes well as far as the natural team goes we will say what they're we will see what they're made of this year if they're actually legit or not legit because we we've been saying that they're legit for the last four or five years with michael thomas racking up over 30 percent of their offense that's a huge number for one player so now we're going to see what they're actually made of this year Absolutely, man. And uh, just uh, before we get, you know, too far off, a couple other uh, notable injuries. David Njoku can't catch a fucking break in Cleveland. MCL sprain is going to be a few weeks for him. Vinny Curry, uh, big blow to our defensive line. I mean, not huge, but, you know, he was not only a deaf guy, but I believe he started this game. That's a hamstring two to four weeks. Uh, Craig James adding him on IR. So DB after we just released everybody. Now we're getting low on that. Uh, and of course, James Conner and Le'Veon Bell. Uh, James Conner doesn't sound nearly as serious. Uh, Mike Tomlin says that they're leaving the door open for him to play week two. We'll see how that goes. But Le'Veon Bell, this not looking good. Yeah, uh, I I told you before before we drafted. I'm I'm staying away from Le'Veon. I'm not imagine him. being Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, <laughs> I I just don't trust him. I mean, the, the past two years, this year, just terrible. Year, even coming in last year, he he played healthy all season. He was just, I won't say a scrub, but he was mid pack at best. Coming off as being the best running back in the league, taking a year off hurt you. I mean, it did. It, it I mean, anybody in the league, it hurts. But I certainly I, did. I could have sworn he was going to get paid every off week. Couple that years season. off nope. as as being a absolute stud. And taking a couple years off, out on Smith for the Dallas Cowboys looked really good. He actually surprised me, man. Uh, there was a lot of tackles at the line that he made, and even when he didn't exactly make the tackle, he was setting up the linebacking core for them. Yeah. Um, D- Dallas, of course, takes the L on the very questionable Academy Award winning performance right, so from Jalen Ramsey I at the need, end there on I Michael Gallup. Bill Bird, do, need- do you call it? A pass interference. All right, so I watched. I watched that game. As a, as a fan of football, like strictly football, I will say non biased, of course. Right, I will say Michael Gallup extended his full arm. As a fan of football, they call that call. Now, yes, as, they do. As as a fan of actual football. <laughs> Game on the line in the game fourth on quarter, the line, and you you've been calling it very loose all game. Yeah, they do, that that they were. You don't make that call. Nope. You, you absolutely do not make that call. Being that you called that entire game very loosely, you cannot you cannot make that call in the fourth quarter with a what was it, a minute and a half left in the game. Yep. About somewhere right around there. It literally would have been a, a game-winning drive for Dak Prescott, and instead he goes to zero and one on the season. Yay. I mean, yay! I mean, that set him up in field goal Good. right there. <laughs> Fuck the Cowboys and all the New Jersey. Oh, listen, I agree with you. I 100 agree with you with "fuck the Cowboys," but as a absolutely, fan of football, 
Jalen Ramsey flopped the fuck out of that call. Oh, he did. I and mean, it, you was, know what? Like I said, Academy Award yeah, winning that, performance, sir. Fuck the yeah, Dallas Cowboys. I, that was not. That, I, I, that was I texted Grehan. I, I texted Grehan when I saw that. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, that I, was I worse bad. than The Rock taking a Stone Cold Stunner and flipping four times across the ring. It was about that good of a sell, I'm to be honest. I'm, that was worse than The Rock doing that. It was, it was <laughs> that was like some that was like some football. Absolutely, yeah. Oh, yeah. Terrible yep. call. <laughs> but I will say this: as far as the refs go, Michael Gallup. When I watched the actual replay and slowed it down and actually watched it, Michael Gallup did a one hundred percent extend his arm. So yes, they can call that. But Jalen Ramsey outdid Tom Hanks on that call. Oh, he did. He absolutely did. There's there's really no argument there. I mean, at least we're, you know, pretty much all in agreement. Uh, another big pickup from that game. I mean, I don't know if you started him unless you're doing the 16-team Dynasty League. Malcolm Brown killing it for the Rams. Yeah, I, mean, yeah, I, had, the, I had the other guy, the number two guy, got like four carries. <laughs> Henderson? Henderson, yeah. Henderson, yeah. And I, I, Useless. But that's why I told you start Cam Akers over Henderson. Everyone's been telling me Henderson all along. I'm like, Cam Akers is going to be their number two, and he's yeah. going to take over number one by week yep. three. Malcolm Brown, I, I mean, I, honestly, if he's not one of the biggest waiver wire pickups this week, I, I think he'll probably be number one. Uh, maybe next to Nikema Hines, who had a massive day and uh, Philip Rivers debut. So, you know what? We'll just jump right into it. Uh, the veteran quarterback debuts from this coming Sunday. Philip Rivers with the Colts. They they lose the game to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Philip Rivers ends up passing the ball 46 times. I have no idea why. No clue. But, I, I, I mean, Hines got a lot of them. Uh, yeah, uh, they have no run game. That's he got. He got a pass, and he's always been a passer in his career. Besides when he had Ladanian Tomlinson, he's always been a big passer in his career. But they they just have no run. And now that Mac went down, that's even worse. Like they they have no pass game or run game. They're going to have to pass the ball thirty to forty times a game from here on out. They just they don't have an established running game. I mean, they really do. So we'll jump. Uh... Right, right to possibly one of the biggest stories, what everybody was really waiting for besides the Tom Brady debut in Tampa was Cam Newton. Hey, uh, what can you say, man? I, I'm not a big fan of the guy. I think he's adequate. I think he can serve his purpose. But uh, I looked up a stat earlier. Uh, he broke Tom Brady's rushing record for, what was it, eight, 19 years? Tom Brady was in was in New England. He broke his rushing record for his entire nineteen year career in one game. I mean, with seventy five yards and, per. And, yeah, Tom Brady. Tom Brady was at sixty two for his entire career in New England, and he broke that in one game. And he he came out in his uh, interview today and said, "I'm trying to change the culture in New England." And Bill Belichick's fully on board, which Bill Belichick's never been on board for a running quarterback. So Never. Even in even when he was in Cleveland before he went to New England, he's doesn't not. Yeah, he he just does not want a running quarterback. So I can't argue with it. I mean, he had a good game. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, he really did. Pats get the win, twenty-one eleven over Miami. What a, a just an abysmal team. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, the welcoming of Tua this week from 
Dolphins fan. I mean, it has to be coming. I don't see Fitzpatrick. Fitz Magic, excuse me. Fitzpatrick. Fitz tragic. Fitz tragic. Yeah, starting for, you know, maybe more than two, three weeks. Um, I mean, but but the big question with this game with me was the 15 rushing attempts that Cam Newton had broke a record for New England by most rushing attempts by a quarterback ever, ever. So, I mean, the the big question is how much longer is, uh, listen, I'm a big Cam fan. I, I liked him, you know, doing the Wakanda shit in the end zone. I loved it. You know, got a little hyped up from it. But how long is he really going to be able to rush like this with his injury history? I I mean, you don't know. You don't know. He was injured in 2015 and went to the Super Bowl. So that's the truth. You, you can't you can't put a number on it. You can't put an amount of games on it. But it was uh, I mean, the way he did the Black Panther thing that was awesome. That was cool, especially man. Especially when the man just passed away from yep. cancer, or I think it was cancer. Uh. Uh, that was that was cool was. as hell. Uh, you can't put a number on him per se, but I will say this: if he keeps up what he's doing as of right now, and he can actually stay even legitimately healthy, I will say he will break he will break the New England Patriot rushing for a quarterback record within two years, like all time <laughs> rushing. Yeah, all time. I mean, I mean, I think. I don't, I don't know exactly, but off the top of my head, I'm only going to say it was probably 400 and some odd yards altogether. Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure it was. I, I mean, I, you know, back in the day, and you know, Tom Brady, you know, never rushed. No, he took sacks on on sacks, and then he would rush for two yards. Never needed to. Yeah, right. square wheels anyway. Yeah, it, yeah. I would say within two years, he would probably break their all time record. If he can stay healthy, and I'm a big fan of him, and I hope that, that he changes Bill Belichick's outlook on things because the league is changing. It you is. Look at Lamar Jackson. You look at Patrick Mahomes. You look at Carson Wentz. You look at De- uh, Dwayne Haskins. They're all looking to get on the move, whether to make the throw or rush, whatever it is. They're all <laughs> looking to get on the move first. Yeah, maybe Carson not so much this week since he had nowhere to run. Going back to the Eagles, that was the biggest problem I had with the Eagles game. Yep. That you know your offensive line is getting destroyed. Carson Wentz, your best asset and his best asset is getting out on the on the bootleg. He can throw better from the bootleg and he can take off and run if he needs to. <sighs> Dougie, I mean, never put him I, out on a bootleg that entire game. And that it always has been since 2017, since that quote unquote MVP caliber year. This kid is not an 110% pocket quarterback. You know, he's decent from the pocket, but when he's got three guys breathing down his fucking neck, it's uh, he's, uh, I mean, you know, it's going to be exactly what it was. He's going to get sacked. He's going to look like absolute shit. And when he's not, he's going to be throwing interceptions. Right. And, and when your offensive line is getting destroyed, when you have three men Uh, in the backfield within, Probably one point eight seconds. That you you need to get him out in the bootleg. He can operate much better out in the bootleg, or a play action like like anything. anything Change it the fuck up, man. To give him an extra one, maybe two seconds. Anything to give him that time, and they never did that. That's why I'm not a big fan of Doug. I think he did what he did, but I think what you said earlier, Frank Reich was the magic that happened that year. 
He was the man. He yeah. was the man. He was a lightning in the bottle for Philadelphia. Yeah. That's for sure. Uh, a couple. The Indianapolis Colts. They're they're doing much better things than what they were doing before they took Reich. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, a lot more creative things, too. I mean, you know, T.Y. getting a little bit more involved, a little bit different routes that he was running. Yeah, I you mean, know, I noticed this week. But now that they have Rivers, you ain't going to be able to do that because he's just. Nah. He had, yeah, like you said, he has square wheels. So, yep, you're not going to be able to do that. But when Andrew Luck was there before he quit, you know, in a preseason game, he was able to get out in the bootlegs. He was able to play action. He was able to do all that. He was able to gain you six yards if he needed to. But right now, you know, with Phillip Rivers there, but I 100% believe they take they take a quarterback first round this year. I, I You know what? I can I can see the same thing, man. Uh, speaking of teams that may need to start thinking about uh, about taking a quarterback this year. Uh, I actually, you know what? I wasn't I wasn't exactly, you know, like disappointed with with his first performance i mean you know it's week one so uh, corona no camp with same story tyrod taylor uh did you guys watch this game because they squeaked out this win over the Bengals. speaking of questionable push-offs no i didn't i didn't watch that game that was a yeah. uh, aj i was watching red zone yeah and uh, i didn't see the Bengals much in the red zone yeah well yeah okay so i i catch my dream final score 16 13 yeah i actually called <laughs> that game and uh i mean tyrod taylor is what he is he went to the playoffs with the yep. bills and he had like 67 yards passing and won the game and the defense. He's never, he's never going to be a. He's never going to be a good quarterback. He's going to be a game manager, and he's going to be a terrible game manager at that. Exactly. Exactly, yeah, I mean, man. I and uh, like Alex Smith, he'll get you 170 yards and maybe a touchdown and one pick. But he's a game manager. He's going to throw the underneath routes. He's going to get you some first downs. He's going to punt the ball away, and he's going to give you a, a touchdown here or there. Exactly. I, I mean, he's he finished. Do any of that. Finished 16 08 no touchdowns. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, from this game, Burrow pretty much stole the show. I know he didn't get the win. It's his rookie year, you know, but I, I think this kid shows a lot of promise moving forward. Uh, uh, Casey Hayward doing his fucking thing, by the way, too. Let's show some love Casey to the Hayward defenseman. No problem. 12 tackles on the game. My God, pick this fucking man up in your IDP leagues. Uh, Casey Hayward and Derwin James were my two that I was going to pick up in my IDP league. But Derwin James obviously got hurt again this year before the season started. So, you know, God bless. Go get healthy. And I want you back in the league because you are an absolute fucking monster when you're on the field. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely is. Uh, my problem my problem with Tyrod Taylor is he's basically going to start the first, you know, three, four weeks. And then Justin Herbert, once he learns the playbook, is going to come in. Nick. Herbert is going to be their quarterback within the next, in the next five weeks at max. That that was my whole thing. I mean, like I said, Tyrod Taylor was literally started for an entire team for an entire season and went to the playoffs and got sixty seven yards in the playoffs with no touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, and and won the game on top of that. I mean, that's unheard of. He's never yeah. gonna be, he's <laughs> never going to be an actual quarterback in this league. That's the truth. He never is. I mean. He reminds me of Charlie Batch from the Steelers from yeah, 2002. Great backup, and he could start in this league if he needs to for one or two games. He can get you one out of the two games a win. Yep. 
he's never going to be a starting quarterback in this league. He's never been a starting quarterback in this league. And he's going to continue to not be a starting quarterback in this league. He's going to start for f- maybe five games this year. And Justin Herbert, they took him with the first round pick. The dude has a fucking cannon for an arm. He just needs Absolutely. to work on reading defense abilities. And then definitely does, man. Absolutely start and on the Chargers team. Uh, I mean, I, I, it's hard to agree with you, and uh, I just want to move on real quick. Um, we got Teddy Bridgewater that made you know his debut. Uh, Raiders end up winning that game 34-20, but Teddy Bridgewater, a fucking very good outing. 22-34 with um, two touchdowns, and a, or 270 and a passing touchdown. Uh, you know, he rushed four times for 26 yards. Robbie fucking Anderson, his debut. Wow. Six catches, 115 yards, and a touchdown. He got the one long one. And I will say, ladies and gentlemen, if he is on your fantasy team this week, start him! Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, being that you have CMC, you can never go wrong with getting him out the backfield and passing a a four-yard pass and letting him go over over 30. Roby Anderson looked fantastic. And he was my biggest disappointment that my Eagles did not pick him up this year. Yeah, uh, because, that was a killer. You know, D-Jax is going to go down at some point. You already know it. He went down <laughs> twice in the game on Sunday. But Jesus he Christ. Yeah, uh, he he is an absolute killer. He's not an over-the-top where you're going to put him in the top five at a D-hop or Michael Thomas or anything like that. But you're going to put him in the top 20 where he can get you, you know, 50 to 80 yards a game average. And he's going to be a solid, solid player. And in with Bridgewater playing, I think he's going to be above that, to be honest. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do too. Bridgewater has the arm strength to get it there. And he has the escapability to put him to where he can get there. Uh, and then, you know, like I said, CMC does nothing but help you. Yep. Being that, you know, you're going to have to double CMC coming out the backfield. Uh, I think he was a fantastic pickup. I think Curtis Samuel is going to benefit from it too. Uh, it's just it's it's an all out all around win for them. I think you know Luke Keekley, you know retiring that hurts them. Thomas Davis leaving last year hurts them. Yeah, their defense nope. their defense has lackluster for the last two years now, and it's going to continue to hinder them this year. But if they can keep this core together for the next say five years. I think they're going to be another championship caliber team in the next five years if they can get, pick that defense up big time. And, uh, Bold they, statement, they Cotton. A, they got a solid squad on the offensive side, and they got the coaching. It's it's their defense that's hindering them now with, like I said, Davis leaving them, Luke Keekley retiring. They got – yeah. they need uh, a Julius Peppers, I believe, retired. If not, he's at the very tail end of his career. Uh they need a defensive line. They need they gotta replace Luke Keekley. And they need yeah. a very solid cornerback. Their their safeties are solid. Their safeties are very solid. They're not, they're not bad. They're not bad they're at all. They're actually solid. very underrated, but the D line just can't get any pressure. Yeah, that's that's what it is. And when your defi- D line can't get any pressure, your your safeties and your cornerbacks are put out on the island and they're not Revis. You know what I mean? You can't call them Revis Island. They're not Revis. Once they get an actual defensive line pressure, they're going to be a very solid squad. 
especially with that addition of Roby Anderson. Absolutely, man. And, uh, you know, talking about their division rivals, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady makes his debut as they fall to the New Orleans Saints 23-34. to um, Tom Brady was 23 for 36 passing, 239, two passing touchdowns, beautiful dimes, dimes, by the way. Uh, one to Michael Thomas in the back, or Michael Thomas, excuse me. I'm still crying myself to sleep to Mike Evans, who was limited at practice today, by the way. Um, and you know, the two big picks, I mean, he scores on the first drive, Burr, you see him going down. OJ Howard caught the second touchdown. Um, it, I don't think it's time to panic anywhere near in, in Tampa Bay. I mean, week ones are always weird, and Tom Brady's still getting used to this system. Obviously, the receivers weren't on the same page. You saw the one throw to Mike Evans, who just kind of stopped running at one point. Um, but, you know, the, the running game uh, wasn't wasn't exactly horrible. But, I mean, you're going up against the Saints. You're going to have to pass the fucking ball. Drew Brees put on an, an absolute show. Um, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll see where it goes. Again, the big injury... From this game, Michael Thomas, man. Mikey Tommy, you're fucking killing me. I'm getting shit from diehard, bullshit, homer, ball-sucking cowboy fans in this goddamn group. And you know what? They might have been right for not taking <laughs> Michael Thomas over Zeke, man. I mean, it's uh, it's, a, it's a decision that's hurting me right now. Uh, so That's one of them things It is what it is. It, yeah, I mean, uh, I'll go on. I mean, Michael it. Thomas, Zeke, yeah, yeah. you can toss that up all day. But yeah, I, I will say this: uh, there's no, there's no need to panic in Tampa. No, I mean Tom Brady looked good for what it was. It's week one. There's COVID. They haven't had the training camps. They haven't had the OTAs. And yep. Gronk, Gronk looked lost. I'm not gonna sugarcoat that. Gronk looked lost. But I will say this: every time, and he's he literally is the bionic man. Every time oh, yeah. he comes back from injury, he looks lost a game or two. Yep. He will be fine. Nah, he'll be good. He's been in shape because he was in WWE for a while doing that <laughs> stuff. So he's still in shape. That's I, won't, the- I won't say that he got out of football shape because he was in shape. I He will be fine. The running game with Ronald Jones looked good. The defense looks immaculate compared to what it was last year. That they do. I mean, Levante David looked absolutely a fucking stud. Uh, Bucks defense really wasn't that bad last I, year either, man. I mean, wasn't. even with it wasn't. even with Winston throwing all these interceptions, right. they're That's still losing saying. six games a year by seven right. points or less. That's what I'm saying. I think they will be immaculate compared to last year because they won't be turning the ball over nearly as nearly. much as they did last year. Yes, sir. I'm with. I'm on board with you for that. Chris Godwin has now been to test and concussion protocol, and I believe he will yep. be going on the IR this week, short term. Yeah. You know, four to five weeks. It's going to be short term. But you put Godwin out in the field with Mike Evans, with the all-time most accurate quarterback in the league, they're going to do damage. It is what it is. They're going to do damage. Now, I will say this on the other side. Drew Brees, in my estimation, has been... The best quarterback for the last 10 years. Yeah. Hard I mean, to argue. You can't argue it. He, he, six six out of 10 years, he's gone over 5,000 yards. Yep. Whether that's his receivers or whether you want to put that on him, whether you want to put that on the accuracy, whether you want to put that on the, the route running, you could put that on whatever you want. 
he has been the most accurate quarterback in six of the last 10 years. Yeah. Even without Michael Thomas. And like I said earlier, I think we're going to find out what the Saints are made of without Michael Thomas. Now, yeah, I, I believe Emmanuel Sanders is their biggest pickup this year. Because yeah, I believe definitely. Emmanuel Sanders is a stud wide receiver playing third wide receiver that is now going to come in for Michael oh. Thomas. And oh, he'll be number one. Yeah. Right. And I believe that's an absolute fantastic pickup in my eyes. Yep. And I believe he's going to kill it with Emmanuel Sanders because this dude killed it with everybody in the league, and Emmanuel Sanders ain't no scrub. No, no, not at all. I mean, he pretty much uh, you know, proved that last year with San Francisco. Speaking of fantasy talk, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for the fantasy stardom sit-ems. Man, I ate some shit last week, but I also had a couple good picks, Bill Burr. Hey, a couple good picks hey, in there. Hey, I called the Colts defense a sit-em. Yeah, that you did. All right, Bill Burr, I'll start off with my stardoms for the week. I think this one after last week was a little little bit obvious, but I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. James Robinson picked him up off the waiver wire right before week one started. If you saw it in the TSC Connection or the TSC Fantasy Football League, uh, he secured the leading role this week. 16 rushes for 62 yards. Kid had a good day. Uh, the closest leading rusher on the team was Gardner Minshew with 19 yards. He's a deep flex pick for the week. Uh, it's... I mean, pretty much the leading running back last week. Nikeem Hines, grab him off waivers. Good luck if he's still there. Went off this morning uh, in most leagues. I mean, I know mine at least. Uh, he'll be worth it. Most likely will be worth the drop. He's kind of the dull play of the week after all the points that he you know, put up last week. But they're playing Minnesota this week. The defense looked absolutely fucking terrible against Green Bay. So I think if Phillip Rivers can start opening up that pass option a little bit, Nikeem Hines can start rolling. Uh, two weeks in a row, I will tell you to start this man, and it's only because of John Delgado from the Weta League, the W League, the Goon Squads. I don't know if you're listening or not, Johnny Day, but let me ask you one question. Why the fuck would you put Calvin Ridley on your bench, sir? This kid is just, uh, he's a stud. It's a Matt Ryan even year, 2020. Julio's already on the fucking injury report this week. So, you know what I mean? He's nursing a hamstring. Surprise, surprise. He's going to be, you know, probable if it was actually still a thing on fantasy. So, take advantage of this Dallas defense with their injuries in the horrible fucking backfield that they have. He went 130 yards with two touchdowns last week. 33.9 in PPR. He's my other duh pick of the week. Uh, my honorable mention, I'll go with David Montgomery. I think he has a big bounce back week against a pitiful Giants defense. They gave up 113 yards to Snell and Pittsburgh last week. And I remain high, ladies and gentlemen, on my boy, Josh Allen. Bill Burr, let me hear your stardoms. Uh, yeah, I'm a little I'm a little upset about you and this Calvin Ridley kid. Uh, I'm a little upset because I, I told you to sit him last week and he went the fuck off. So, oh, he did, sir. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm a little upset. All right, so my first, my <laughs> first stardom is a very, very obvious one. I mean, you're gonna start him every week unless he's on, unless he's on a buy. But I have very good reasoning why to start him. It's Lamar Jackson against an absolutely atrocious Houston defense. I believe he doubles 
his points this week against an absolutely woeful defense in Houston. This man is going to kill it this week, and he's going to get extra touches only because Houston is going to turn the ball over three times at minimum this week. You got to start Lamar Jackson. Whether I mean, obviously, like I said, you're never going to bench him, but this man is going to absolutely kill it this week. My next one is going to go against you, Harps, because oh I already read a ports that Julio was going to play this week. Ooh, oh, he's playing. Oh, he's playing. He, I already read reports from Schefter that he's going to be in this week and with a terrible Dallas secondary. He had a. He is going to kill it this week. He had a good game last week, 130-some-odd yes, yards. Never touched the goal line. Nope. Your man T- Calvin did. But, Typical Julio game. Yeah, but he's he is going to absolutely kill it this week. Dallas has a fucking atrocious secondary. Oh, they're I, so bad. I mean, if you go Calvin or Julio, I can't even argue it because both yep. of them are going to absolutely murder it this week. Uh, and then I'm going to go on the defensive side. I'm going to go Bill's defense. Oh, it's self-explanatory. They're playing Miami. Miami looked absolutely like just shit. Bill's defense gets you two two offense or two defensive touchdowns this week, and I believe they're going to put up a minimum twenty six points this week. Ooh, twenty six points. All right. I mean, Bill Burr, I like I, I like your starts. I like the Calvin Ridley versus Julio Jones this week. I like it. I yeah, like it very I, much. I had to go against you on that one. Ah, <laughs> uh, you know what? I like it, man. I like the pick. It, you know, it keeps shit interesting a little bit. Um, and like I said, Calvin Ridley had the big week last week, so you know, Julio would not surprise me if he got into the end zone a couple times this week. I mean, just leave some room open for one of my stardoms last week, Mister Todd Gurley, because I'll hope. He will absolutely be in my RB2 spot this week. Um, so, moving on from that, we're going to go sit And all you fucking Cowboy fans are going to be on my ass calling me a homer. And probably a couple Pittsburgh fans too. But Cooper Cup is most likely going to have Darius Slag one-on-one this week. The Eagles actually finished the number one defense in the league after last week. I don't know uh, fucking how... But they allowed around like 250 yards per game, and uh, the absolute lowest, I think it was like 4.6 yards per play. I just got to say that uh, no one would believe me on that once I posted in the group with only 238 yards. No one believed me. Yeah, 238. 238. Thank you. Go to NFL.com and look it up. Yes, well, you hear it here first. There's your invitation. Uh, Moving on to number two. Oh, oh, uh, by the way, I like Robert Woods a little bit better versus the Eagles this year. I think he's going to absolutely, or this year, this week, I think he's going to absolutely go off. So, you know, I'm just going to say that. Uh, Tyler Lockett is my second pick. And I know Russ is going to be all over the place. I think he's going to be hitting Metcalf a little bit more. I think Bill takes him out of the game. If not Chris Carson, it's going to be 50-50. They both had decent weeks last week. Um, You know, I hope, and uh, either way, he's, Matched up against the best DB in the league. I really don't like the fucking matchup at all. Uh, number three, I'm touching on your point. I think the Houston Texans are in for an absolute fucking blowout this week. I don't know if I'd see them even scoring the 24. So I'll benching Will Fuller. That's not even a fucking question to me. That Ravens defense, they're fucking ball hawks. And, you know, 
after a big week, I mean, you got Baltimore coming up. I don't trust them. I don't trust Watson. Uh, it's just, like I said, man, I think it's really going to be a Baltimore blowout. Hey, I agree with you 100%. And I'd like to see you go into the fucking defense for once because oh, last yes, week you had no defense. You're right. I, yeah, I like it. All right, so my sit is Cortland Sutton. Mm. Even if he plays this week, which is very probable, I think he's going to play this week. I think he is too. I think he's going to start out the gate very, very soft. He All right. just sat out for the whole COVID. He got a little bit of practice in, but not much, because he sat out for a little bit of practice as well. I just don't see him doing what he does, especially with Melvin Gordon taking over the first team reps with Patrick Lindsay going down. I think Cortland Sutton is going to come down very weak this week. My number two, and this one's going to surprise you, but I just don't see it. Marvin Jones. Oh. Marvin Jones going up against the Green Bay Packers with Jahiri Alexander. Yes, sir. He's going to be sticking him one-on-one because Green Bay is one of the very few teams that will stick somebody one-on-one the entire game. Him Truth. going against Alexander is going to be a rough matchup for him. Rough matchup. He does not have the cuts to stick with Alexander. Alexander will cut him off every chance that he gets. So he's going to have to triple move him to even have a chance. And that offensive line doesn't hold up well to even have a chance to get him going. And then my number three with the sit is Joe Mixon. Oh, he, Joe had, Mixon. A, he had a rough week one. Mixon had a did. rough week one. The even random with, fumble. Even he it's not no random. He fumbles a lot. Mm-hmm. He fumbles a lot, and I drafted him this year in my fantasy. I I thought he was going to pick it up, especially with being a rookie quarterback. I thought he was going to pick it up. He did yep. not, and he's going back to his same old ways. Being against Cleveland. I think he's going to be a tough matchup to get through that defensive line. Miles Garrett is going to tear him up this week. Oof. All right. All right. I mean, I like it, man. I, th- you know what? That's actually a decent Thursday night game, too. I mean, the Browns are the Browns and the Bengals are the Bengals. But you got some key players to watch for fantasy purposes. Uh, I don't know if you're still starting Odell Beckham Jr. I don't know why the fuck you would. But if you're in a deeper league, yeah, I, I, me personally, in a regular three-wide receiver league, I don't even know if I'd be I'd be questioning him for a flex position at this point. Um, Baker Mayfield, I think he might bounce back. We'll see what happens. But uh, I, I like your benchums. I like your benchums a lot, actually, Bill Bear. Hey, the Marvin Jones one, I'm a little, I'm a little, I'm a little iffy on it. Who, who are you iffy on? Uh, Marvin Jones. Hey, listen. Jahir Alexander, in my opinion, is the number two defensive back in the league, and they're the one of probably four teams that will play one-on-one all game on the same player. He's going to well, have a rough matchup against Jahir Alexander. Rough. We matchup. will see, and that's a that's a divisional game. So I mean, and they, yeah, and they, they lost they're... their last divisional game against Chicago. On a drop pass uh, in the end zone, that was rough. True, that, true. That was rough, but that was absolutely rough. Marvin Jones, in my opinion, is going to have a rough game against Alexander. A rough game. All right, 
All right. I like the call. I like the call. Very in-depth. Very good reasoning. So with this, we'll move on to the first time ever out of two podcasts, the Sports Connection Fantasy Football Overview. Uh, Top scorers of the week, your boy, your commissioner, your guy without a first-round draft pick now for at least the next fucking five weeks, me. With 173.12 over D-Rock. D-Rock put up a hell of a fight, man. Uh, my top players were Devontae Adams, 41.6 points. I had him in all three leagues, Bill Burr. All three. He can't argue him. He, he can't, put, man. He put on a hell of a show. And then, of course, my boy, who was aforementioned, Mr. Calvin Ridley, told you to start him. Hope you did. 14, 156, and two tutties. Uh, oh, wait, hold on, my bad. My bad, that was Devontae. He was uh, 9 for 130 and two touchdowns, as we talked about before. Um, Bill Burr, the number two, the number two highest scorer of the week by .02 points was Mr. Rob, Robert Watts. Everybody gave him all the shit. Everyone, he goes over Branch. Listen, everyone everyone had Branch at number one, and everyone, everyone talked shit on Robert Watts, but I... Can't even argue with him. He he did his shit this week. Oh, he did. He absolutely did. Russell Wilson, a genius. A genius for taking this man 10th overall. 31.78 points, 322 yards, four passing touchdowns, 31 for 35. Important question right now, Burr. Was this Russell Wilson's best game that we've ever seen him play statistically? Uh, statistically, I don't know off the top of my head, but I will say in my eyes, yes, he, he lit it up. Absolutely lit it up. He was not pressured. He was pressured maybe two times and he got the ball out. Uh, he, he did his thing, man. I, Oh, absolutely. I won't even say he did his thing. He looked on an upper level from what he does. He absolutely killed it. And, even when he was actually pressured for the two or three times, maybe he absolutely crushed it. I mean, he got the ball out of his hand. He got the ball out quick. He let his receivers do what they were supposed to do. He let his running backs do what they were supposed to do. I, the defense stepped up my man. I took in the IDP, Bobby Wagner got, I think it was 12 tackles and four pass deflects. He, I, I mean, what can you say? I mean, he just absolutely crushed it. He absolutely yeah. crushed it. The entire absolutely team, the entire team. I I even got to give credit to Mister. I don't run the ball with the best running back in the league on yeah. one in in the Super Bowl. Pete Carroll. I I got to give credit to him. He absolutely killed it this game. Just yes, sir. Crushed it. Russell Wilson doing normal danger Russ things. Making a case for MVP week one into 2020 with zero fans in the stands. Uh, The third best scorer of the league this week was Coach Los. Over you, Bill Burr. Yeah, I know. Guess me. 168.56 to Mr. Rob's 168.58. These teams are both stacked. Uh, Obviously, his top scorer was Aaron Rodgers, 364. Four fucking touchdowns. He balled out to Devontae, uh, making you know fantasy owners everywhere pretty happy. Uh, he actually had a, another stat that was like ridiculously close. We have decimal point close stats here this week on the Sports Connection Sports and Shenanigans podcast. Chris Carson, 
And uh, your boy, Julio, your start on this week. Uh, Chris Carson finished with 24.6. Julio finishes with 24.7. Carson with two reception touchdowns, 45-yard receiving, and 21 rushing. Uh, Julio goes nine for 157. Their typical fucking Julio game, like we said earlier, man. Keeping him out of the end zone. And uh, just can't, can't not mention this man who right now, I don't even want to hear your fucking arguments with Michael Thomas out, is the best wide receiver in the league making his debut in Arizona. DeAndre Hopkins, 14 for 151. And I hope you're paying attention this week because he got a point for a solo tackle. My boy's showing up on the IDP list, Philbert. Hey, listen, I can't argue with him. I told you to start him last week. I thought he was going to have a huge game. He definitely did. And I... He's my honorable mention this week. You got to start him again. I mean, it, everyone's going to start him no matter what. But yeah, he, in my eyes, he is the best receiver in the game. He's been the best receiver even with Michael Thomas out now. He's still in my eyes the best receiver in the game. It, the dude, the dude's just an absolute stud. He catches everything that comes to him. He can make tackles. Apparently now, uh, he's. He's just, he's the best in the game. You can't argue with it anymore. You can't argue with him anymore because now everyone was arguing that he has one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. Now he doesn't. He is a second-year player as his quarterback, and he's still making these ridiculous catches. I, He's just, he's an absolute stud. You can't argue yeah, with absolutely. him Absolutely. Absolutely, man. And uh, so we're going to move on to my favorite part of the podcast when we're talking about fantasy football, Bill Burr. It's the worst scores of the week. Brought to you by Charmin Toilet Paper. Wipe the fucking shit away and keep it soft. Brandon Klein. PPR. Good God, man. A PPR league with IDP and you put up 98 points. Saquon Barkley shit in the bed. James Conner, Carson Wentz, man. He just had a tough week. Uh, of course, with a Conner question mark, you know, you don't know if he's coming back. But uh, I'm sure Barkley, you know, he's going to bounce back. And I'm feeling a decent 18-point, 20-point game for Carson Wentz this week. And uh, number number two was you, Bill Bear. With 137 points, you were the second worst scorer, which is a ridiculously high score over the aforementioned 98, Brandon Klein. I'm just saying. Hey, listen, but, uh, uh, hey man. Hey, listen, uh, I couldn't even get on to set my lineup for the last almost week. Uh, oh, true. In my, in my big league, I had the most points at 177. But, uh, yeah, Brandon Klein shit the bed. I shit the bed. Uh, I don't expect it to happen too often. I mean, I got scary, scary Terry as my third wide receiver, Oof. and uh, I I feel like that's a legitimate threat. Uh, oh my, yeah, my running backs are a legitimate threat. Uh, it is what it is. I mean, I to be honest, I think the the jackass of the week is uh Brian Jones. He was talking oh. massive shit about he's number one in the league overall. They oh, ranked him number one. He's going to put up almost 200 points. And, uh, oh, yeah, 200 yeah, points. He, he put up 147. Dead. He put up, yeah, he almost came in, he almost came in last. Well, second to last because Brandon Klein's out of the running. But, yeah, uh, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah he, he got almost, He almost put up second to last. And, uh, he did. That, that Taco Corp didn't work out for him. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, that didn't work out for him. And I, like I told you, 
after the draft, I don't think it's going to work out for him all year. I think uh, I think he's coming in uh, maybe about third to last. Uh, I mean, you know what? I, I, I'm thinking around the same thing for Jonesy, man. That's how a lot of the number ones go. Um, you know, unless you can keep maintaining, ride that waiver wire, Jonesy. Your team ain't that bad, man. Um, you got a very big question at running back, so you're going to – Definitely have to pick up an RB, too. I mean, you got CMC, number one overall. Austin Eckler uh, against KC this week. No. Uh, it's, uh, I don't. I mean, I don't like it, man. I don't like it. And he's got Lazard in the flex. Like, I know he had a good week. Don't get me wrong. But um, you're sitting there with uh, Sammy Watkins on the bench. I mean, if you're going to start Sammy Watkins, I think we all know as fantasy football owners in the last few years that it's probably only weeks one, two, and three, 15, and 16 that you're going to play him. Yeah, because uh, he's yeah. just gonna, gonna do Sammy Watkins if, if, things. If you're gonna put an IDP at your flex, then you're all fucked. My God, my God, man. I mean, um, Bill Burr, you got a good matchup this week against the reigning, defending champion, Mister Chase Chop Moore. I mean, yes. you know, he's uh, he's got a hell of a squad, man. But I, I think he could take him. I got you over him this week. Listen, uh, this week I can actually get on my phone and is actually going to want to work. Uh, then I can set my actual lineup because I had two people on my bench that uh, that I was actually going to play. I mean, it didn't do much for me. It only outscored them by like one or two points last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. And I would have made it a lot closer, but I still wouldn't have won. But uh, I actually I think, I think they had sorry. good weeks this week. And to be honest, uh, I think I'm going to take the reigning defending champion out because Brock Lesnar is a chump anyway. So. Ooh, heard it here first. Bill Burr not going upset because he's favored this week. Um, I'm going against the loser of last year, the the number two finisher, Coach Carlos. Um, projected two points more than me without Michael Thomas. Um, I do like your team. You were, like I said earlier, um, you know, hardly, hardly the the third highest scorer, man. I mean, honestly. You were uh, .02 away, so I'll call you a solid number two besides the GOAT, Mr. Tent overall, Russell Wilson, Robert Watts. Um, man, I just, you know, I, I like my squad here, Los. I like the underdog. Mm-hmm. I like the mentality. I don't like T.Y. Hilton. I do like Malcolm Brown against that Houston defense. You so put, You better put, you got Darius Slayton, correct? Uh, oh yeah, absolutely, and he'll be in my flex spot. Actually, he okay. already is. Okay, I was gonna say over Melvin over team. Melvin Gordon. That's... He's going up against that Pittsburgh defense and absolutely shut down Saquon. Yeah. I am not starting Melvin Gordon. No, no, Slayton. Uh, Slayton looks like a legit threat. I'll put him in 100%. against Chicago. Not a, not a bad defense, but I'm I'm definitely definitely going him over Melvin Gordon. The only one that uh, I really had another question mark for was Robinson. Uh, I know I you know already said stardom so. I'm going to be bouncing back and forth, man, but uh, my team's so stacked. Can't start everybody, Bill Burr, even without Michael Thomas. Listen, uh, we got to touch on that, too. What's up with uh, Allen Robinson? Oh, Allen. Allen Robinson. Him, he's, not trade him. What's up? He's actually he's starting in your lineup this week. He, so, he, he I mean, is. yeah, he's, he's your wide receiver one, bud. I think he's two. No, he's number one with Mr. Poopface as number two. Ah, okay. That's my other league. He's number, and then, he's number two. And then McLaren's, McLaren, Scary Terry is your number three. Okay, I, have, um, I have uh Julio, Allen Robinson, and Scary, or no, not Scary Terry, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster in my other league. 
Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. All right, so uh, he's my number one in this league. So that's my problem right there. This your fucking, bench is your problem right yeah, there, this, sir. This fucking guy wants to be traded. He doesn't want to be traded. I mean, no. the real problem is Trubisky. This, yeah. That's why I call him Trash Bisky. He's not good. He's just not no. good. No, no, I don't th- I don't think he's that good either. But you know what? I did pick him up this week just in case. Hey. He has a decent he has a decent little showing against the New York Giants. Hey. That that, that could be a decent pick because the Sean Watson against Baltimore this week, but uh when Foles comes in, he's going to the Super Bowl. Don't worry about it. Oh, oh, big dick dick signing. Bow, bow, bow. It's been mentioned. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, yeah, a hell of a Bowl. fucking hell of a fucking episode too, man. Uh, Mason, fucking send it. I think we're ready. Yeah, but let's let's get it. We we good to go. All right. Uh, well, we can't stop this, so. Oh yeah, you can. You just oh, gotta back. say oh, a word. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just like hiding in the shadows. Oh, all right, my bad. I, I thought Giants fans. I, <laughs> I thought you were right. still in the call. Bill Burr, give us the outro. Uh, real quick, real quick, real quick, real quick. I had a question. Oh, if not for Le'Veon Bell taking that year off, do we even know who James Conner is? Yeah, uh, I do. Good point. He's an injury-prone son of a bitch. Yeah, he played for the hey, Pittsburgh Steelers. Got drafted in 2015. Yep. Yeah. Well, I guess that you know <laughs> that, that type of that type of uh, situation is only great for a guy like Connor. Yep. He's he's a fucking stub when he's on the field. The problem is he can't stay on the field. I know, and I love the kid's story too. Man, beat yeah. the shit out of fucking cancer, came back and got drafted. Yeah, yeah you got a hell of a oh, story. I that. Oh yeah. Shit. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, you're talking shit about a cancer patient, Machen. Fucking relax. Yeah, relax. <laughs> <laughs> nah, but, you know, we're... Uh... X-rays. Oh, God. All right, well, I mean, I guess what do you want to do? You want to cut some of this out and Bill Burr give us the outro or what? Yeah, we don't have to cut it out. It's great. All right. That's great. a fucking gem. It's a gem. This is the shenanigans you've been fucking waiting for, Mr. Rob. Mr. Mr. Let me check my notes. Mr. Top two scorer in the league. Everybody talking shit. Uh, are you ready for the outro now? You done screaming? Yeah, I'm done. Let's uh, go. I just wanted to make sure. All right. So, Sir Cousinth of Aris. Oh. We welcome you back to the Sports Connection and the Sports and Shenanigan podcast. We appreciate you joining us. Fuck the Toronto everything. <laughs> Why Leonard blows my balls. You all have a good day. Oh, what an outro.